Welcome to Zikhu Daf Simani, I'm Rabbi Avram Goldar, and today we're with Sechus Psachim Daf Yud. So the three topics we're going to focus on, number one, the Gemara and Daf Tesaman Base and our Daf discussed the halachas for seven situations of chametz. The fifth case was, al ubadak v'ashkach, if a mouse went into a searched home with chametz and the owner searched his house and didn't find it. The law can be derived from a machokas between Rabbi Mir and Rabban, as it's learned in the Mishnah and Nida regarding a case where a pile of stones containing tumah from a corpse became confused with two other piles of stones that were tower. If all three piles were searched and still no trace of tumas found, Ramirez said, Anything that has a chazaka bin tameh is always assumed to be in a state of tumah until it becomes known to you where the tumah is. The chamim say, He should search until he reaches a layer of rock or virgin ground. And if the tumah is not found, he may assume it's no longer there. Rashi explains, that he may assume a raven or mouse came and removed them. In the case of Hamids, even Rabbi Meir would agree that the house need not be searched again, since the requirement is only the Rabbanan. Rashi explains that we can assume the mouse ate the Hamids. Point number two, Rabbi asks in a case of Kika Bishmei a loaf of bread which is on top of the beams of the ceiling. Does one need to get a ladder to take it down or not? Do we say the Rabbanan do not require a person to get rid of Hamids that's so high up as no one will accidentally eat it? Or maybe it will fall down and then someone will eat it. Rava asks further that if the Rabban were indeed concerned in the above case, what's the luck if the loaf of bread is in a pit? Does one need to get a ladder to get it out? Do we say that the Rabban did not require that, being that it will not come up on its own? Or maybe someone might go into the pit to use a bathroom and when he sees it, he'll eat it. Rava's last question was, what is the halach if the loaf of bread is in the mouth of a snake? Do we say that one's required to hire a charmer who can get the bread out of the snake's mouth? Or do we say that coming do not require one to spend money on doing the search for chametz? The Gemara leaves these questions as a teku. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, Rav says, Botkin or Yudalad, Yudalad Vishachris Vishasabir. We need to search for Chametz on the night of the 14th of Nisan, the morning of the 14th of Nisan, and at the time that we burn the Chametz, which is during the sixth hour of the 14th. The Gemara initially understands that Rav requires three different Bedikos. The Chametz say that if one did not search for Chametz on the night of the 14th, then he must do it on the 14th. If he didn't check on the 14th, he needs to do it during the mode, which Rush explains to mean during the time we burn the Chametz, meaning during the sixth hour, and if he didn't do it during the Moed, he needs to check after the Moed up until dark. The Gemara concludes that the correct understanding of the Mishnah is that Rabbi Yudah really agrees to the Chachamim, that a person is only required to search for Chametz one of these three times. They argue only regarding the searching after the Chametz prohibition goes into effect. Rabbi Yudah holds that he cannot do it any longer, as a decree against the possibility of confined Chametz, he might come to eat it. Whereas the Chachamim hold that he may still do it after the time of burning the Chametz, but she explains this is true only on the afternoon of the 14th, when Hamas is forbidden, but not yet subject to a penalty of Karas. So once again, the three points are number one, the Gemara and Daf, Tassam and Beis, and our Daf discuss halachas for seven situations of Hamas. The fifth case was, al if a mouse went into a searched home with Hamas, and the owner searched his house and didn't find it, the law can be derived from a Malchus being Rabbi Mir and the Rabban, as it's learned in a Mishnah Nida regarding a case, where a pile of stones containing tumor from a corpse became confused, with two other piles of stones that were tower. If all three piles were searched, and still no trace of Tumas found, Rimer said, Anything that has a chazaka bin tameh is always assumed to be in a state of Tumah. Until it becomes known to you where the Tumah is. The Chavim say, He should search until he reaches a layer of rock or virgin ground, and if the Tumah isn't found, he may assume it's no longer there. Rashi explains that he may assume a raven or a mouse came and removed them. So in the case of Chametz, even Rabbi Meir would agree 
that the house need not be searched again since the requirement is only a Rabbanan. Rashi explains that we can assume the mouse ate the chametz. In point number two, Rama asks in the case of Kika Bishmei Korah, a loaf of bread which is on top of the beams of the ceiling, does one need to get a ladder to take it down or not? Do we say that the Rabban do not require a person to get rid of chametz that is so high up as no one will accidentally eat it, or maybe it'll fall down and then some will eat it? Rava asks further that if the Rabban were indeed concerned in the above case, what's the luck of a loaf of bread is in a pit? Does one need to get a ladder to get it out? Do we say the Rabban do not require that, being that it will not come up on its own? Maybe someone might go into the pit to use the bathroom, and when he sees it, he'll eat it. And Rav's last question is, what is halacha if the loaf of bread is in the mouth of a snake? Do we say that one's required to hire a charmer who can get the bread out of a snake's mouth? Or do we say that the chamim did not require one to spend money on doing the search for chametz? The Gemara leaves these questions as a teku. And pointing with you, the next Mishnah states, Rav Yudah says, Botkin or Yudod, Yudod, Shachrids Bishasabir. We need to search for chametz on the night of the 14th, the morning of the 14th, and at the time that we burn the chametz, which is during the sixth hour of the 14th. The Gemara initially understands that Rabbi Yudah requires three different badikos. The Chaimim say that if one did not search for Chaimim on the night of the 14th, then he must do it on the 14th. If he didn't check on the 14th, he needs to do it during the Moed, which Rashi explains to mean during the time that we burn the Chaimim, meaning during the sixth hour. And if he didn't do it during the Moed, he needs to check after the Moed up until dark. The Gemara concludes that the correct understanding of the Mishnah is that Rabbi Yudah really agrees to the Chaimim, that a person is only required to search for Chaimim one of these three times. They argue only regarding the searching after the Chametz prohibition goes into effect. Rebuta holds that he cannot do it any longer. As a decree against the possibility, if he were to find Chametz, he might come to eat it. Whereas the Chamim hold that he may still do it after the time of burning the Chametz. Rashi explains this is true only on the afternoon of the 14th, when Chametz is forbidden, but not yet subject to a penalty of Karas. Alright, so now we go to our Simon for Daf Yud, and the Simon is a minion of Yidden. A minion of Yidden. So here goes. The minion of Yidden, who couldn't find the chametz the mouse brought into their checked shul, emergency dialed the chametz busters who came with their ladders on the morning of the 14th at the time of Beor. Once again, in slow motion. The minion of Yidden, minion of Yidden, that must be more enough, Yud. The minion of Yidden, who couldn't find the chametz the mouse brought into their checked shul, which reminds us that in a case where a mouse with chametz went into a searched home and the owner couldn't find it, we can assume that the mouse ate the chametz and one does not need to check again. This was derived from the Mishnah Nida, where a pile of stones containing tuma from a corpse became confused with two other piles of stones that were tower, and all three piles were searched and there was no trace of tuma. Even Rebbe Meir, who holds here, anything that a chazaka bin tummy is always assumed to be in its state of tuma until it becomes known to you where the tuma is, would say in our case that one can presume the chametz was eaten by a mouse because Bedika's chametz is only a derabanan. So the minion of Yidin who couldn't find the chametz the mouse brought into their check shul, emergency dialed the chametz busters who came with their ladders. Which reminds us, the moral leaves us to take with the questions of whether one needs to take a ladder to remove chametz from the top of ceiling beams, or to descend into a pit to remove it from there, or to pay a snake charmer to remove chametz from a snake's mouth. So the minion of Yidin who couldn't find the chametz the mouse brought into their check shul, emergency dialed the chametz busters who came with their ladders, on the morning of the 14th, at the time of Beur. Which reminds us of the Melchus regarding the times for Bidika's Chametz. Rabbi Yudah holds that it can be done the night of the 14th, if it's not done then, the morning of the 14th, if it's not done then, it can be done up until the Shasa Bir. But after that, he can do it no longer as a decree against the possibility that if he were to find Chametz, he might come to eat it. Whereas the Chamim hold that he may still do it after the time of burning the Chametz. Rashi explains this is true only on the afternoon of the 14th, when a Chametz is forbidden, but not yet subject to a penalty of Karas. So once again, the minion of Yidin, who couldn't find the Chametz the mouse brought into their Checked shul, 
emergency dialed the Chamas Basus, who came with their ladders on the morning of the 14th at the time of Biur. All right, now it's time for four blah blah chazar. Dav Vav. So the symbol Dav Vav is a sword. So here goes. The sword collector. Sword collector. That must mean we're on Dav Vav. The sword collector practiced covering chametz with the swords, which reminds us, Rav Yudah says in the name of Rav, Hamotzi chametz bebeis beyantav kofa olav is a kli. If one finds chametz in his house in yantav, he should cover it with a kli. Rashi points out that the chametz cannot simply be removed as it's muksa. He explains that the reason for covering the chametz is so that it will not accidentally be eaten. Rabba qualifies Rabbi Yudah's statement that Imshel Hektishu in Atzarach, in a case where the chametz which was discovered belongs to Hektish, one does not need to cover it. The reason is, the people are accustomed to keep away from Hektish throughout the years, so we're not concerned that now one might accidentally eat it. So the sword collector practiced covering chametz with the swords before heading out to Ashir 30 days before Pesach, which reminds us, Rabbi Yudah says in the name of Rab, If one travels away from his home, through the sea or the desert. If he leaves his house more than 30 days before Pesach, he doesn't have to destroy his chametz. However, if he leaves within 30 days, he must first destroy his chametz. The Quran asks what the purpose of these 30 days is, which the Ran understands to mean, why did the Rabbanon fix a period of 30 days? The Gemara brings a brace that states, We ask and give public discourses on the lachas of Pesach from 30 days before Pesach. Rush explains that since one starts to learn the halachas, one must be careful with Pesach obligations. Rabbi Shemgamliel disagrees and says that we begin reading the halachas two weeks before Pesach. So the sword collector practiced covering chametz with his swords before heading out to a shear 30 days before Pesach on how to be mevato chametz, which reminds us. Rav Yudah says in the name of Rav, habodik yavato. After one does bedikas chametz, he must be mevato the chametz. Rush explains that one must be mevato the chametz in his heart and also say the words, kol chamir Any leaven that exists in this house should be batal. The Gemara asks what the point of this is, since he already searched for and destroyed all the chametz. Rava answers, It was instituted to do this, because maybe he'll find a nice roll on Pesach, and his mind will be on it. Rashi explains this to mean that if he finds a nice piece of bread, he may hesitate for a moment, not wanting to burn it, and that second he'll be transgressing, The Gemara asks, When one finds the chametz, let him be bevatle then. Why does it need to be done before Pesach? The more answers, that he might only find the chametz after the time when it's forbidden to get benefit from it, meaning after Chatzos of the 14th. And once it's forbidden to get benefit from the chametz, the chametz is no longer his, and therefore he does not have the capability to be Dav Zayin. So the symbol Dav Zayin is a clay Zayin, a weapon we use a gun. So here goes. The 21 gun salute. 21 gun? That must be wrong. Dav Zayin. The 21-gun salute that sounded as soon as the rabbi recited the bracha of al biur chametz, which reminds us, Rav Yehuda said, When doing the search for chametz, one must recite a bracha. Rashi adds, the Gemara later says that the bracha must be recited before the search. The Gemara brings some alchogas about what the proper words of the bracha should be. Rav Papi said in the name of Rava that one should say Levayur chametz, and Rav Papa said in the name of Rava that one should say al biur chametz. The Gemara clarifies that according to both of them, since the bracha is said before the bedika. The word Levayer would be the correct word to use, being that it means to destroy in the future tense. They argue only in regard to the words Albior. Rapapi holds that it means to destroy in the past tense, and therefore these words cannot be used in the Brachim. Rapapa holds that Albior too means to destroy in the future tense, and therefore it may be used in the Brachim recited before doing the search. The Gemara goes on to discuss how this argument between Rapapi and Rapapa about the wording of all would apply to other mitzvahs. So the 21-gun salute that sounded as soon as the rabbi recited the Brachim of Albior Chametz Startled the man walking towards the mikvah with a shofar in his hand, which reminds us, Rav Yudah said in the name of Shmuel, Kohamitzvah's mevarcha alehen 
son. We recite the bracha for all mitzvahs before we do them. The Gemara discusses how we know that the words son mean beforehand. In the basement of Shabrav, they said that there are two exceptions to this rule. One does not recite a bracha before he goes into the mikvah, and also one does not recite the bracha before the mitzvah of blowing the shofar Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara explains that one does not recite a bracha before going into the mikvah because before becoming tar from certain tumas, one may not say a bracha. However, the Gemara asks why one would not be able to recite a bracha before blowing the shofar Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara concludes that the statement from the base of Midrash of Rab must have been that the only exception is Tevila alone. So the 21 Gansuit that sounded as soon as the rabbi recited the bracha of Albiur Hametz startled the man walking towards the mikvah with a shofar in his hand, who then saw search teams sent out with candles in their hand. Which reminds us, the Gemara asks how we know that one needs to use specifically the light of a candle to do the check of the chametz. Rav Chiste answers that we learn this out from a chain of similar words. It says the word metziah by chametz in the Pasuk, Shiva's Yamim, Sorli Matzibavatech. And we find the word metziah in a different Pasuk, the Yechapes Begadalechel, Vakatankilah He searched, he began with the oldest, and ended with the youngest, and it was found, which also has in it the word chipus, search. We see that the word metziah was accomplished through a search, and therefore we see that we must do a search for chametz. Rav Chisa continues that the word chipus is also found in another passage which discusses the candle. At that time I will search Yerushalayim with candles. We therefore see that the word chipus is specifically a search done with a candle. So the symbol of is chala. So here goes. The scorched chalas, chalas, that must be more than The scorched chalas were a result of the person who mistakenly used a torch for bedikah. Which reminds us, the Gemara Dav Zayin on the base brings a brace that says, "In Bokin Lola or Hachama Velo or Halavana Velo or Havuka Elo or Aner, we cannot search for comets using the light of the sun, the light of the moon, or a torch. We need to use the light of a candle." The Gemara on our Dav asks why a torch may not be used, based on two statements from Rabbi who brings a pasuk that teaches a torch is stronger than a candle, and stated, "Avukula Havdala Mitzvah Mina Muvchar." A torch is the best thing to use for Havdala since its light is stronger than a candle. The Gemara brings four answers. Rav Nachman Yitzchak answered that Ze This one, a candle, can be brought inside holes and cracks, thereby being ideal for searching for chametz. And this one, the torch, cannot be brought into such places. Razvid answered that Ze This one, the candle, gives light in front of a person, thereby being ideal for searching for chametz. And this one, the torch, gives light in the back of the person. Rav Papa says that the torch makes one afraid that he'll burn down the house. And Ravina says the light of the candle is steady, whereas the light of the torch flickers. So the scorched chalas were a result of the person who mistakenly used a torch from Medika, who almost burnt down his entire house after checking the small cracks and holes full of scorpions, which reminds us the Gemara brings a brace which states, We do not obligate a person to put his hand into holes and cracks to search for chametz, as this is dangerous. The Gemara explains, because of the danger of scorpions that are inside these spaces and might sting a person who sticks his hand inside. The Gemara asks that Rabbi Lazar says that Shulchei Mitzvah in a Nizokin, one who goes to do a mitzvah will not be hurt. Ravashi answers that we're concerned that he had lost a needle, and after he finishes searching for the chametz, he'll look for his needle. During the time that he's looking to find his missing needle, he'll not be protected. So the scorched chalas were a result of the person mistakenly used a torch for Bedika, who almost burnt down his entire house after checking in small cracks and holes full of scorpions, Next to the wine barrels in the basement. Which reminds us, in the Mishnah on Beis Amanal, Beis Shammai said that when one searches his basement of wine barrels, he must search Beishuros Alpeneko Amarte, two rows on the face of the entire basement. Rav Yudah said that Beis Shammai meant the two outer rows of barrels from the floor to the ceiling. Rav Yochanan said that Beis Shammai meant Shura Achaz Kamin Gam, a single row in the shape of the Greek letter Gamma, which means all the outer rows of barrels from the floor to the ceiling and all the highest rows of barrels facing the ceiling. 
Basil said in the mission that one must search the two outer ones, which are the highest ones. Rav said that Basil met the highest row, which is the closest to the outside, and the row underneath it. Shmuel said that Basil met the highest row, which is the closest to the outside, and the row behind it. Daftes. So the symbol for Daftes is a teapot. So here it goes. The chul, the spotted jumping out of a teapot. Teapot? That must be one Daftes. The chul, the spotted jumping out of a teapot, leaving some chametz behind, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states that we're not concerned that a chul that dragged chametz from house to house or from place to place within the house. The Gemara says that this implies that we're not concerned for the possibility. But if we do indeed see a chul to bring chametz into a place that was already searched, then we do have to search again for the chametz in that area. The Gemara asks on this, Why does another search have to be done? We should assume that the chul they ate the chametz. The Gemara brings a proof to this concept from a mission that said, the Gemara brings a proof to this concept from a mission that says that if a chul enters a place where there might be a dead body buried there, we can assume that he ate it. Rabbi Zerah answers, This one, the mission of discussing a dead body, is meat. And this one, our mission that discusses chametz, is bread. A chul completely finishes eating meat and leaves nothing over but does not completely finish eating bread and leaves some over. Since a chuda leaves over bread, we have to search again if we see it bring chametz into an already checked area. So the chuda spotted jumping out of a teapot leaving some chametz behind, didn't find the guarded chametz in the closet. Which reminds us, on this the Mishnah states, we're not worried that a chuda will drag a piece of chametz from a non-checked area of the house into a checked area of the house. The Gemara asked that at the end of the Mishnah on Daf Yud, on the base we learn, the chametz that one wants to leave over after a search for chametz in order to eat it, he needs a place in a guarded place, so that he will not need to do another bedika, meaning that if one didn't place his chametz in a guarded place, we are concerned that a chul would take it, and then one would have to do another search in his house. If so, why did our mission say that we're not worried that a chul will bring chametz from a non-checked area of the house into a checked area of the house? Abai explains that on the 13th, when there's chametz in every house, a chul doesn't hide the chametz that he has, because it's not worried that it will run out of food, and on the 14th, where the chametz is not found in every house, the chulda does hide the chametz. Therefore, on the 14th, we are concerned that the chulda took away the chametz and hid it. Rav and Rav Mari give two other answers. So the chulda spotted jumping out of a teapot, leaving some chametz behind, didn't find the guarded chametz in the closet. So he took some chametz from a pile next to matzah and scampered into a neighbor's home that had not yet done a badika. Which reminds us, the Gemara discusses a case of one pile of matzah and one pile of chametz, and there are two houses there, one which was searched and one which was not. Two mice came and one took from the pile of matzah and one took from the pile of chametz. And each one entered a different house. We don't know which one entered which house. The Gemara says that this can barrel to a case of a bryce that says if there are two baskets, one full of chuan fruit and one full of fruits of truma. And next to them are two containers, one holding fruits of chuan and one holding fruits of truma. And each one of these containers fell into a different basket. Then we assume that the chuan fell into the chuan and the truma fell into the truma. So too, in our case, we can assume that the chulda with the chametz dragged it into a house that was not checked, and the chulda with the matzah dragged the matzah into the house that was checked. The Gemara concludes that the Rabbanan were lenient because both cases involved the Rabbanan. Truma nowadays is a Rabbanan, and Bidika's chametz is a Rabbanan. All right, now it's time to conclude the pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which type of Melchok is regarding the bracha before the Bidika, whether it's Levira chametz or Albira chametz? That's on Duff? Zion, good. Number two, which daf with Melchus went to begin learning the halachas of a chag before the chag? Is it 30 days or two weeks before the chag? That's on daf. Vav. Good number three. Which daf did we learn that if a mouse with chametz went into a house that was already checked and then a bedika was done and it isn't found, one doesn't need to do another bedika? That's on daf. Test. Good number four. 
Which stuff do we discuss? The various opinions regarding the Malchokas Beisham Beisila about the barrels of wine in the cellar. That's on Duff. Ches. Good. Number five. Which stuff do we learn that the Pasuk Bal Yerah is coming to teach that one cannot have chametz in pits, ditches, and caves? That's on Duff. Hey. Good. Number six. Which stuff do we learn four reasons why a candle is used for the Bedika and not a torch? That's on Duff. Ches. Good. Number seven. Which stuff does the Gemara leave as a take of the question if one needs to climb up a ladder to remove chametz on a beam? That's on Duff. Test. Good. Number eight. Which stuff do we learn that one is not chayv to put his hands in holes and cracks because of the danger of scorpions? That's on Duff. Ches. Good. Number nine. Which stuff do we have the incident where Cohen's coarse expression led to the discovery of a psul in his yuchas? That's on Duff. Gimel. Good. Number 10. Which stuff do we learn that you make a bracha over Lazia's son? We weren't exceptions to this rule. That's on Duff. Zion. Excellent. All right. That concludes our pop quiz. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zikri wishing you a great day and great learning.